Welcome to the Compliance 911 Show, a no-nonsense podcast discussing hot topics for today's busy compliance professional. It's everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but we're afraid to ask. And now, here are your hosts, Dean Stockford of M&M Consulting and Len Suzio of Geodata Vision. Welcome to our podcast series addressing everything you wanted to know about regulatory compliance, but were afraid to ask. I'm Dean Stockford from M&M Consulting. And I'm Len Susio with Geodata Vision. Len, first of all, it's nice to see you again. We've covered many different CRA topics over the last several months. So what exciting topic are you going to delve into today? Well, Dean, I don't know about you, but it's becoming more apparent to me that there still remains plenty of confusion about the PPP loans and their implications for CRA reporting and examinations and for community development credit and a CRA exam. Since so many banks generated an overwhelming volume of PPP loans, in many cases, eight to 10 times their normal small business lending volume, the impact of PPP lending will be potentially dramatic for many community banks. Len, you are correct. The volume of questions that are coming into our company related to CRA and PPP treatment has increased significantly. So where do we start today, Len? Well, I'd like to begin by reviewing the different ways in which PPP loans are likely to impact a bank's CRA performance. First, many PPP loans are for $1 million or less. Since these are business purpose loans, every PPP loan less than or equal to $1 million is a small business loan. And if you are a CRA reporter, must be reported as a small business loan. Second, because banks were not required to collect and report gross annual revenue data, almost no banks collected that information. This means all those PPP loans that are examined as small business loans will seriously dilute a bank's performance under the borrower characteristics test, which analyzes how many small business loans were extended to truly small businesses by a bank. The agencies have said they won't penalize banks for not collecting the information, but how they will consider abnormally low penetration rates of bank volume to truly small businesses remains to be seen. The agencies also have made it clear that a bank could go back and attempt to collect the gross annual revenue data in light of the importance of the information. So we have encouraged our clients to attempt to collect the data. In many cases, the borrowers already are bank clients, so the gross annual revenue information may well exist in the credit files maintained by the bank. There's no doubt, however, that the enormous volume of PPP loans will have an equally enormous impact on the small business borrower penetration rates of all banks as measured in CRA examinations. Third, all PPP loans have the potential for recognition for community development credit under the economic development definition or the revitalization stabilization definition of community development. Because PPP loans are all about preserving jobs, they have a natural potential for qualifying under the economic development definition, which values job creation, preservation, or improvement, primarily for low and moderate income workers. But aside from qualifications for economic development, the agencies have issued guidance that any PPP loans in low or moderate income census tracts or middle income distressed or underserved tracts in non-MSA areas will be recognized under the so-called revitalization stabilization 
definition of community development. A fourth point is it's much easier to qualify PPP loans for the revitalization stabilization definition of community development because the only qualifier is they must be in LMI tracks or in non-metropolitan distressed or underserved middle income tracks. However, for the economic development definition, you must meet the purpose test and the size test. That means that the jobs preserved must be primarily for low and moderate income people, and the businesses must have gross annual revenue of $1 million or less, or meet the size standards under the SBA's regulations in Part 121. This means a bank must have information about the wage levels of jobs preserved, and then compare that to the estimated median family income of the area in which the jobs are located, and know that the gross annual revenue and the number of jobs preserved so that they can determine if the business meets the size test. That's a long list and it can be complicated. Finally, any bank undergoing a CRA exam under the intermediate small bank standards has the elective to have any PPP loans less than or equal to a million dollars that meet one of the CD definitions, one of the community development definitions. They can be either treated either as small business loans or community development loans on a case-by-case basis in banks undergoing intermediate small bank examinations for CRA purposes. In sum, it means banks should be collecting more information than required if they're to get credit for community development aspects of the PPP loan program. Some of my clients are retaining summer help to work on gathering this information on their PPP loans. And I want to mention too uh, that obviously 2020 is long since gone. We're in the middle of 2021, as you and I are talking right now. And so there's going to be a lot of activity in 2021 that is being collected right now and will be reported next March. So it's not too late for many of the folks listening into today's podcast to at least initiate and gather collection of this important information on their PPP loans and report it next year so they can get maximum credit under CRA for community development, and it will be part of the public database. Wow. I've been working with CRA, Lynn, for more than 30 years. This PP stuff is certainly complicated. Are there other areas of confusion that you've seen expressed by bankers? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that, Dean. Um, I'm getting a lot of questions. Now that the first round of PPP loans are being forgiven or renewed or refinanced by bankers, I've been asked by many bankers, can they get credit twice for PPP loans that were underwritten last year and are being renewed or extended this year? And the answer is definitely yes. The rules covering community development loans are the same as for small business loans. You can earn credit for any loan you originate and then get credit again when and if you renew or refinance the loan subject to the once per year limit. So most, if not all, of the first round PPP loans may get banks who do their homework double the community development credit. Bankers also should collect and maintain information about PPP loans even those extended outside their assessment areas. While these loans won't help a bank to attain a satisfactory performance rating under a CRA exam, they can help a bank to achieve an outstanding rating once they have established a satisfactory level of activity within their assessment areas. So my message to our listeners is don't give up on the PPP loans, which were outside your assessment area, because they still can have a, a, a very beneficial impact on your CRA exam rating during a CRA 
a performance evaluation. Yeah, obviously we talk about inside-outside ratios all the time relative to lending. Any other thoughts about PPP loans for CRA purposes? Yeah, a couple of last-minute uh, thoughts too, Dean. Uh, all PPP loans will be recognized as flexible and innovative and responsive to community needs, which earns extra credit during CRA examinations. But you don't get credit unless you have gathered the information about the number and the value of your PPP loans and the number of jobs saved by the program. So it requires a little more work, but banks should try to determine the income levels of the jobs preserved by PPP loans. The SBA loan application for the second round of PPP loans requires a collection of the number of jobs and the average monthly payroll. So this additional information will be helpful to PPP lenders in making these important determinations. All banks should maintain a record of all the PPP loans they extended and present the details to examiners to earn extra credit and maximum value during their CRA performance evaluations. Yeah, with this pandemic apparently taking a stronghold on us, I think this uh, this information that you've provided today is extremely timely, timely relative to PPP guidance, and I'm sure our audience found this topic extremely timely and helpful. This is Dean Stockford from M&M Consulting. And this is Len Suzio with Geo Data Vision saying we hope you enjoyed today's recording and interview, and we hope uh, that you will send us in your questions for future podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Compliance 911 Show. If you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, please give us a like and review to help others find the show. As always, links are in the show notes, and you can always find us online at compliance911show.com. Follow M&M Consulting and Geo Data Vision on LinkedIn for all the latest news and information on compliance hot topics.